welcome to episode 105 of In The Move For Podcast. I'm Callum Reid of UltimateAddict.com. And I'm Pete Shepard of InTheMoveForBlog.co.uk. And don't mention the World Cup. What World Cup? <laughs> don't mention sport. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. Uh, tennis was today as well for Britain. <laughs> Although you're not too bothered, I'm not really that fussed. No. He's, he's won now, so it's like every... They can't got, complain now, ever, can they? He's got nothing else to live for. <laughs> <laughs> but that sport might be the reason why we haven't seen that many films uh, this there's week. There's also, to be fr- frank, there's not that many out this week. There isn't. and We've had to do a lot. Um, Chef is the only, basically, big re- big release. That we're doing, yeah. Mm. And it's well, no, like, well, the, yeah, that was even out. Yeah. yeah. I was doing like the July look at July and it's pretty bleak as well. Really? It's got like Boyhood, which we're quite excited for. Yes. Um and Kira Knightley's involved in July, which is always a, a plus. She just won't leave me alone, that woman. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, generally it's looking quite quiet. Mm. Um okay, so we've got some news. I just wanted to mention just brief news, something I've watched, uh, which is Calvary. Right. And I was like, as soon as I'd watched it, I was just completely torn on it, what Mm. to think about it, because I think a lot of the jokes fell flat for me. Yeah. And it seemed to keep wanting to shock you with all the issues and all the taboo subjects it was bringing up. Yeah. But then, I don't know, I like Gleason and I kind of not like anything I've seen before, mm. which intrigued uh, me. As I recall, I, I think it is a bit literally pretentious because it relies on this. Uh, but I do like, in general, the sort of, sort of the idea of the end, the execution of it, but I just don't think this, it's, there's nothing to be really emotionally invested in at all in this film. And so it relies on the subject matter, I think, a bit, a lot, to yeah. pull you through and keep you and keep you there emotionally. Mm. Yeah, and some of it just isn't funny. Yeah, but Gleason's good. Gleason's always good. Mm. Uh, what do you think of Kelly Riley? Because you didn't even mention her, I don't think, in the review. <laughs> I think I blanked her out of my memory. <laughs> I just don't think, oh, do we have to mention her again? Um, nothing. Just a, just a. She, she was there. She was in it. Dozens of other actresses wouldn't have done any. Well, wouldn't have done any worse or better. I don't think. Yeah. It's, just a, it's not a good character. It's either. just. It's just a serviceable performance. Yeah. Okay. All right. So news this week. We've got a couple of deaths. Um, the main one. Well, not the main one. Don't want to demean the other death. There's two <laughs> deaths. The first one is Eli Wallach. Yes, that was it. Yeah, uh, who we mentioned just recently. Because mm. he's your win, isn't he, for the Misfits? Yes, he's also my win. I I believe on debut for Baby Doll. Oh wow! In supporting actor, who is he lead? I can't remember. That's one is I that... haven't seen. That's one of yeah. the actress ones I haven't seen. So. I think he's my sport. Basically, there was some every year in the late fifties. There was some ridiculous, uh, ridiculously brilliant debut performance, like Melina McCurry and Stella Wallach, 
um, yeah. debuts that late then. Come on, Peter. Man up. <laughs> Pull this out of your ass. <laughs> you In the late 50s? <laughs> yeah, there's like one, from like 56 to 59, there's like one a year. Or I suppose, um, was even Marie Saint, maybe? Would, would yeah, be 54, yeah. Yeah, that's that'll be it then. 54, Marie Betsy Saint. Betsy Blair, that's her first role, isn't it, Marty? Yeah, 55, I think, is um, uh, Stella. 56 would be... Uh, uh, baby doll. I think yes. this is in the. I think this is in fifty seven as well, which is just a epicness as well too. You uh, carry on with the next one while I um get that one up for you. Well, I wanted to. Well, actually, I wanted to mention because I've just seen a picture of him, mm. Eli Wallach as an old yeah. guy, and I want to mention he's probably one of the best things about the holiday. The holiday. I knew you were going to say the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's like that is one of the cutest parts of the holiday. Mm. Um. Well, the cutest part of the holiday is when um, uh, Jack Black sings the theme tunes to her in the video store. <laughs> I think I still think to this day that's the, that is the only reason I don't thoroughly detest the man. <laughs> oh, um, it was was it Cameron Diaz that helps him in that film? I can't remember. Uh, Winslet. Oh, Winslet. She's over there. Him. He's next door neighbour. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. Right, we have Eva Marie Saint is my uh, actress win for uh, On the Waterfront in 54. McCory um, in Stella is my actress win in uh, 55. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Wallach is my actor win for uh, 56 for Baby Doll. And then 57, is there a debut anywhere? No. <laughs> well. unless, it, unless it was Lee J. Cobb's debut. What? Which one? Um, yeah, that's a good, good, good question, actually. 12 Angry Men. Well, no, because he's in On the Waterfront, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't his debut. I was just taking the mic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, Eli Wallach. This... He's also in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, isn't he? Yes, super, is, super. Isn't he the good? No, not the good one. Is he's the ugly. The ugly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Um. so the second death we have is Paul Mazursky. Really? Yes. Okay. Who was 84 and who directed a ton of films in the uh, 70s, at least. Yeah, 60s big, and name, 70s. big name in 70s cinema. Lots of Oscar nominations came from his work. We've got Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice. The Unknown Woman was. The, oh, sorry, no. Uh, uh, oh God, Peter, come Unmarried on. Unmarried Woman. Unmarried Woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, um, he's not Italian and uh, prone to cheese. <laughs> <laughs> was that Sorrentino? Tornatore. Oh, Tornatore. <laughs> one of them. He also did Harry and Tonto. Yes. Uh, he did Enemies, a love story. Right. Which uh, I still, which which obviously we want to see uh, because of Lena Olin. We do, yeah. Um, maybe we'll just do that one week since July. Should have done it this so, week. Yeah. <laughs> since July's just a washout. Mm. Uh, he did Next Stop Greenwich Village. Um. He did Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Mm. He actually only directed about 15 films. Well, you know, some of those, like, uh, some of those 70s guys tended to be like that. They just, like, worked for the decade, basically, at, like, the top level, and then they just sort of, like, tailed off and couldn't be asked anymore. Yeah. Or, they just, or maybe in the post-Heaven's Gate thing, they just f- fell out of favour. Yeah. What, they weren't getting the control, either, yeah. maybe. Mm. But, yeah. Okay, um, so the next bit of news we have is 
Have you seen Gary Oldman's Playboy interview? No. Okay. Well, Gary Oldman did an interview with Playboy in which he basically me- mentioned, well, he dissed loads of stuff. Like he, yeah. That he's been in? He dissed The Fifth Element hugely. Right. He said he can't bear to watch it. He said, well, yeah, he, he's really over the top. <laughs> <laughs> he said, yeah, but he said people come up to him and say it's, his fa- it's their favourite film. And he's like, and he really? Yeah. <laughs> See, I think I think that is a visual wow fest. And I'm not oh, talking. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about Mila Jovovich in that film. Um, it's, <laughs> no, it, it is an achievement in direction. But I mean, Chris Tucker, good God, <laughs> good God. <laughs> I no. think I, I think I nom that for costume design actually. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting with the production design as well. Mm. Uh, but also, he said uh, about the Golden Globes. He said it's a meaningless event. Yes, there's nothing going on at all. Yes. It's but, ma- no, people get drunk. Something's going on. <laughs> he said it's 90 nobodies having a wank. Well, it's not nobodies, clearly. <laughs> oh, oh, the voters, right, yes. Yeah, the voters, oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, I thought you meant the people in the room. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's talking about the Hollywood foreign press. Right, yeah. <laughs> and he said it doesn't mean anything to win a Golden Globe. Well, not really. I think I think it means more for TV. I mean, for, for me, being British, um, I find winning a Golden Globe TV more impressive than winning an Emmy. I couldn't give two proverbials about an Emmy. Mm. I think I think that's the, the prestige one internationally. As an event, I think the Golden Globes are probably more entertaining to watch than yeah, the, the it's Oscars. Fun. Yeah, it's Because yeah. he did go on to say that the Oscars mean something and that he wouldn't Unfortunately, be part of the club. Unfortunately. <laughs> Okay. No, no, it is unfortunate that um, a load of retired uh, retired pensioners in Los Angeles have this. By and large. Yeah. yeah. Who, who have a very narrow uh, frame of what? They're, they're not, I don't think they're even interested in film. They just like sign up so they've got they've got a glorified free love film account before anyone else gets the DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, well, okay, I'm going to lead in with this question. What do Mads Mikkelsen and Paul Dano have in common? Oh, my God. <laughs> they're both, no, not both, is Paul keep Dano it, going to be the new Bond villain? Keep it classy, I was going to say. <laughs> I was, oh, um, uh, Paul Dano has uh, played a film about a paedophile and uh, Mikkelsen's played a suspected paedophile. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, that is one, but the main one this week, the topical one, is they have both been invited to be part of the Academy this week. That's just so many lovers of wrong. <laughs> Dano, obviously, not Mickelson. Mickelson's um, a very, very interesting actor. Mm. and uh, But uh, we know, as we know from Paul Dano's top ten, <laughs> he might have interesting voting habits. I mean, come on. He's he's got a kid with uh Kazan's granddaughter. He's obviously gonna have like uh, people pulling for him in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, but I want to go on to mention just some of the main people that have been invited this year. Okay, please do. <laughs> actors actors, directors and writers. So actors we've got some of the first time nominees which yeah. generally get nomin uh invited. 
So eighty percent of the time, yeah. Sabak Al Abdi, who was probably never got going to get a chance to get invited again, yeah, has got invited. We've got Michael Fassbender. Why? <laughs> He's just in a lot of films that they've seen. A lot of films that they've yeah that have been nominated. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. A lot of the films that came through that came through the door. Well done. We, have, we know who he is. <laughs> we have Ben Foster has been invited. Sally Hawkins. Overdue. Yep. Josh Hutchison. He's just been in... It's more for Hunger Games. It's just because he's been in stuff that they've seen. Yeah. The Kids Are All Right. Yeah. Best Picture nominee was in. Mm. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Random one. Kelly MacDonald. Not so much for random one because she's been while I always think of her as like the girl from train spotting. Always Yeah. Will. Yeah. Uh Gosford Park, she's pretty much if anybody's the lead, she's the lead in Gosford Park. Yeah. She was in No Country for Old Men. Brave. Uh, and and that, yes, she's brave. And now she's uh she's been in Boardwalk Empire, so the profile's raised raised over there as well. Um she's also um um decorated um uh TV stuff as well. Girl, the cafe, girl in the cafe with her and Bill Nye. So I, I get it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, Kelly and Murphy just been invited. Well done, Christopher Nolan. Yes. <laughs> that yeah, pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lupita was invited as well. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, first time. Oh, Jason Statham. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, no, hang on. Uh, well, but the, is, I, I believe Meatloaf is a member of the Academy. Of the music branch, yeah. Uh, and he actually went was talking about this, and he said how seriously he takes it, and what, a privilege, what a privilege he believes it to be. And uh, I think if you are like not that particular, <laughs> if you do really have no business being in, the, being in the Academy artistically, you do tend to take it more seriously from an artistic standpoint. Like it's a responsibility. Yeah, because you yeah. know you've got no business being in there, so you may as well do the job. And watch the films. Yeah. <laughs> and then lastly, which I'm shocked about this, mm. just been invited, David Strathairn. You mean shocked he hasn't been nominated, no, invited before? Yeah. You would think, considering The nomination, how, you would think. You would, Yeah, you would think, considering how long he'd been around. He'd been around, uh, if you think, like eight men out. In the uh, the baseball film about the uh, uh, shoeless Joe, uh, the uh, Black Sox, in the late eighties, he yeah. was in uh, Sneakers. Um, he was, he was um, Passion Fish. He was a, he was doing he'd been doing the rounds for years, and then he got the you, you it's unbelievable. That's part that he of the didn't... reason why he got nominated in the first place is because he was it's all like the Gary Oldman nomination. Part of the reason, but um, yeah. also I mean the the the, the difference between that and the Gary Oldman nomination nomination I think is twofold I think the first thing is they're like uh, Chaffin's film a hell of a lot more yeah because, yeah, because, yeah because of the Clooney factor and although all... I didn't win anything no but well, yeah that was a bit well a lot of things can be said about that a particular Oscar ceremony <laughs> <laughs> yeah was not, that th- was that 3-6 Mafia it was 3-6 Mafia yeah yeah that was 3-6 being oh, good old Dolly <laughs> good old non-miming Dolly <laughs> Hey, that is unproven. Yeah, vicious rumor. And the other, the other thing is, um, uh, um, I think there's a, there is a, I think Oldman always had like the Sean Pens 
the respect of all the actors as one of the finest actors, even though he hadn't got a nomination necessarily. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, while I think Strathairn was probably well liked, uh, in the way that Richard Farnsworth was well liked, um, I think that's it's a different dynamic. Yeah. Also, in that interview, uh, Oldman said that people were telling them he was going to get nominated for the Contender. Yes, he's when, talked about this before. Because when I watched the Contender, I thought for sure. Like, it's yeah. a given that he yeah. must have been nominated. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I mean, obviously. But the thing is, he only... This this is the only time I've ever nominated Gary Oldman. And he's, like, my number five. All right, okay. <laughs> but um, uh, I've got a couple of... Um, like, there's a couple of guys from Italian for Beginners. Wonderful um, uh, ensemble, that. Um, Amor- have you seen Amoris Peros? No, shockingly, no. <laughs> no, uh, Emilio Echevarria is really good in that, and I, I just have a man crush on Eric Stoltz in the House of Mirth. I think that's a beautiful performance, and just really, uh, I don't know where he caught that from. Oh, I don't even remember him in that. Film. He's the main guy, like the ginger guy who she's she's uh, in love with, the main guy in the House of Mirth. Oh, but obviously you didn't recognise him because he wasn't um, uh, a drug drug dealing uh, Tarantino person, and he wasn't a disfigured. Shares disfigured yeah. son, which is what he's my win for that. Shares disfigured son for the win. <laughs> uh, okay, directors we have. Try not to laugh, Mark and J. Duplass. Really, in the director branch. Yeah, because they um, just uh, they just can't even finish the sentence. <laughs> They just come out with so many films that the Academy have really responded to in the past. Uh, yeah. Uh, David Gordon Green. David yeah, Gordon Heaven. Obviously for Your Highness. For, I just, maybe just because he's still going. You know what, somehow. I've got, I've, no, you know what, I've got to watch George Washington. You do. If yeah. only to, dis, if only to say that I have. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, um, Jaws coming up. That's being released soon. I've been told never to. I've been told by multiple people don't ever watch that film. God. Uh, Gavin O'Connor, who directed Warrior, yes, has been invited. Uh, Paolo Sorrentino okay. has been invited. I don't know how often he's going to fill in the ballot, but whatever. Yeah, John Mark Valle invited. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm on board with that. He's um he's got he probably deserves that. Denny Villeneuve invited. Mm, yeah. Which, it got a nomination. His, t- his two films have got nominations from them, so... Yeah. And Thomas Vinterberg. Ha! <laughs> Your favourite. My, yeah, my hero. Yeah. So, so look, quite a few foreigners in there. Mm. Writers... Shockingly, first time invitation for Olivier Assayas in the writing branch. I wouldn't say it's necessarily shockingly because, in terms of, he's a massive name in world cinema, but um, for them, he really won't be. Thank you again. But, I just really wanted Pimp Lay Destiné, Sentimental, yet again. But why now? It's great. Why uh, now has he been invited? Something in the air last year. Yeah. Got a good reputation. <laughs> yeah. Um, Claire Denis has been invited as a writer. As a writer? Yeah. She wrote wrote White Material and uh, Beau Travail. Uh. Steve Coogan 
Yeah, wrote Philomena. Yeah, mm. fine. Jean-Claude Carrière, who did The Unbearable Lightness of Being and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie. <laughs> Only now invited. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're going to do that, why didn't you do it 20 years ago? I mean, come on. That is a strange one. Uh, we have John Ridley, who wrote 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. And Melissa Wallach, who wrote Dallas Buyers Club and Mirror Mirror. Oh, okay. And Michael Weber, who wrote The Spectacular, Spectacular Now and 500 Days of Summer. That's just random. No, who in, I mean, <laughs> how many 65-year-old retired uh, former people in the industry watch The Spectacular Now? About two. <laughs> but it's like, who decides on this? There obviously must you have be a to, panel. You have, that you have get... to get, you have to get, uh, Put forward by someone and seconded, seconded by someone. But so, uh, they say that all the first-time nominees get put forward automatically. automatically yeah. yeah. So has anyone been snubbed first-time nominee-wise? Well, obviously, June then. June? No, I mean recently. So oh, this one, June, June Squibb. Squib- no, June Squibb's in. Oh, is she? I couldn't mention them all. There are too many. You couldn't mention it because it was just so offensive. More, <laughs> yeah, more, on, ne- more on Nebraska later. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. Um, no, I think they all got in this this time. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah. All right. Should we get into preconceptions? Let's. Right. This week we're doing Run and Jump. That's one film. Uh, Arthur and Mike. That's also another film. And <laughs> it's not like two separate. We're not only doing four films. One's called Run. One's called Jump. One's called Arthur. And one's called Mike. And uh, then Chef. <laughs> Which is much more easier, even more, much more helpfully titled for this particular segment. Yes, and it's not the Lenny Henry TV series that we're reviewing here, either. which really disappointed me. <laughs> I was just, I was just let down from start to finish. I was expecting a um, an advert for, for cheap hotels, <laughs> <laughs> and I got Scarlett Johansson in a fringe. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you and fringes, honestly. Yes, I mean women and fringes, honestly. <laughs> okay, uh, preconceptions from Run and Jump. Uh, Maxine Peake. I haven't seen her in many things, but I just like. Um, uh, Will Forte. I thought was fu- uh, probably the best thing about Nebraska, which isn't saying much, but um, a, a lot uh, in general. Um, I think he's got potential. Um, so and I didn't know who directed it or or what it was about. I went in quite quite uh, just completely the ability to speak. No, <laughs> ig- ig- ignorantly he says while he ignorantly can't uh, think of a word to say the word ignorantly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, yes, Nebraska was a bit of a disaster. Did that rhyme? Um, and uh, but Will Forte was pretty fine in it. Um, mm. Maxine Pink. I. It's. She's the kind of actress you see in Britain a lot, but yeah, this is the thing. Nobody abroad will really know who she is because she does so much TV work. Yeah, and in things that you wouldn't wouldn't necessarily come to mind. Look, Silk is not going to get. I, I don't imagine too many people having seen Silk. Now I don't watch it, but if I come across it, and I will like stay for like twenty minutes because she's quite compelling. Yeah, well, I only I mainly remember her from Dinner Ladies. 
Yeah, that's what most people do. I never watched it. I, I remember her mainly from uh, Little Dorrit. She's really good in that. Okay. But obviously this is her branching out. Um, I didn't know the director. I didn't know what uh, she'd done before. I still don't. <laughs> no. I think this is. I think I looked it up and it's her first film. Right. I think she's been nominated for an Oscar though for a short film. Okay. So, it's a bit of a. You know what was that Natalie Press one? Andrea Arnold situation. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yes. It's just. Yeah. You're right. Natalie Press was in uh, uh, Red Road and the and Wasp. Wasp. Yeah. Is that good? Because I've never seen it. Tr- I went to watch it and I think it's someone like Danny Dyer. So I just stopped. Is in it? Yeah. Oh it's somebody like, like one of those like Green Street type actors. He's like the main guy and I thought I can't watch this. I'll take it seriously. God. Alright. Um, Arthur and Mike, did you... You didn't know anything about this? I no. No, not really. I just didn't know anything. I didn't know it was out. I didn't know anything. Okay. Well, I knew that it was Colin Firth and Emily Blunt. Oh, Irini spoke about it last week and she said that she didn't like it. Okay. Uh, so that was a preconception. And Colin Firth, I quite like. I'm mm. not excited to see him in the uh, in the cast list. More excited yeah. to see him on the street. Yes, exactly, yes. <laughs> uh, Emily Blunt, I think she's great and talked a lot about like chemistry, I think she does have a lot of chemistry with other actors that usually works well. Uh, I knew this was about golf in some way. Really? So yes. <laughs> so I was I was hoping it was going to be on the tin cup level. <laughs> no, tin cup's awesome. I love tin cup so much. Very fun. So I thought, you know, oh, it's a comedy. Well, I didn't know. I just knew you, you it was thought about it golf. was. Okay, um, fine. So I was hoping tin it was going or, to be kind of a happy tin cup, Gilmore. Tin yeah, cup. tin cup or I was just about to ask you, tin cup or happy Gilmore? Oh, tin cup all day long. As a film, yes. Because well, no Costner can. Costner just plays the loser so well. And it's it's Rene Russo, age appropriate hotness. <laughs> yeah, well that's not going to get me excited. <laughs> but yeah, neither's Don Johnson. I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> What's where's Don Johnson? He's the git, in uh. Oh, is he the the yeah. opposing player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh right, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, preconceptions for Chef. That's this is the um, not the Lenny Henry. Yeah, um, I've actually got a few big ones which you probably don't know about. Okay. Because <laughs> I really disliked intensely John Favreau for years. Uh, ever since Swingers, basically, I just as uh, an as actor, a, as as an actor, uh, oh, I, he just really, really just got on my wick, and I couldn't really put my finger on why. And oh, uh, uh, <laughs> the I'm Iron Man, I, lo- I quite like the first one. I didn't like the second one. I didn't like the third one. Um, so him directing isn't a plus for me. Him being in it isn't a plus for me. But I knew there were some ridiculously good-looking women in it. But that wasn't necessarily a plus for me. I literally only went to see this film because there was nothing else on, and I had to see something for this podcast. All right. Uh, okay. I John Favreau. I like. Well, I thought Iron Man was okay. Mm. Um. I much prefer the third one, which he didn't direct. So, mm. oh really? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. No, he didn't direct it. 
So that wasn't a preconception from a director's standpoint. I knew what I pretty much I wasn't sure that he was the lead, but when I saw him it's like one of these people that you recognize. Mm. So I quickly twigged that it was him directing yeah. himself. Yeah. Um I knew Robert Downey Jr. was in it. Yeah, so did I. Which is fine. Not a plus, not a minus. Mm. Scarlet is a plus, especially mm. recently. Mm. Uh, with the career renaissance going on. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Well you haven't seen Don John. True, true. And uh, I didn't know Sophia Vergara was in it. So, she of red carpet fame. Yes. Who, for me. <laughs> <laughs> who I haven't seen much in outside of Modern Family. She uh, was, Three Stooges? Yeah, she I thought she was uh, neither here nor there really. So yeah, the trailer also, also the trailers weren't particularly inspired. Mm. I don't think I saw. I think or if I did, I was just like this. Yeah. Mm. Right. So run and jump. Yes. You or me? We haven't had this discussion. So shall I go first? Then you do after Mike. Then I'll do Chef. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. Run and jump is an Irish-slash-German-slash-multi-co-production and is a film about a family whose uh, paternal figure has recently had a stroke. Uh, Maxine Peake plays the mom, who is uh, bringing him back into the family fold uh, with the proviso uh, that uh, an American uh, scientist uh, is going to follow him around and do a case study on him. So he's basically... uh, got a camera and is documenting their every move they're being paid twice as much money as they would have done uh to do this for two months as if they'd have done it uh in an institution of some description yeah so it's basically he's documenting the recovery and they're trying to get their lives back together yes and it's sort of a setup that allows i mean how many ways do you think this can go dramatically not very many yeah, yeah, and it it ends up going in the one you're expecting it to, mm. although it does go in that direction, a detour, yeah, of that direction. Mm. That's not quite as cliched as it could be. No, it's not like Dan in real life, where it's just set up straight away <laughs> and then played out. Right, I haven't mm. seen that. So one of my father's favorite films. <laughs> it's Benoche, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Her finest moment. <laughs> the season two. <laughs> um, I'm not saying the season two. The, the buzz is back. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the swarm is back. <laughs> it's. This okay. time it's <laughs> anaphylactic years. <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh, you should write these down for the um, best of next year let's <laughs> keep a note after each week what's that we've got um, miscarriages of justice miscarriages of justice and then the anaphylactic years we'll just do one a week yeah I'll uh, just shut up now <laughs> <laughs> alright so Run and Jump, it's, it sort of takes 
a while to get to where it's going. And I'm in a I'm in two minds about it because it has to resort to some melodrama to get there. Mm. Um with the there's a death in the film mm. and there's also a near death experience in the film. Mm. And it's disappointing that it has to do that. And I think the fact that it is quite understated all the way through just highlights that those moments seem like a, a ploy from a script perspective to try and add some importance in I'm there. Gonna get, I, I was going to get there, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but then it does... There are other times where it is unorthodox yeah. with how it unfolds. So I'm, I'm mixed. I think the script's got problems, but I also think that it does, from a character perspective, does do things right. Yeah, when you um, go on the IMDb uh, trivia page on this and you 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 see a, one of them and you just think, I am Jack's complete lack of surprise. Because you see, apparently this was part of the uh, Sundance uh, screenwriting uh, lab oh. type things. Now, that has actually produced some really, really fantastic screenplays like The Woodsman, for example. Right. Yeah. But with this, the, the problem is it's, it's very much uh, what you were saying. Um, the the way that they can build uh not necessarily a relationship, but uh a camaraderie or a uh showing two people's uh getting along more, as well as they do between uh Forte and uh Peak, uh, yeah. and then you have bang um this massive dramatic device to shift it in a different direction bang this this one inserted it, it and and that whole subplot with the with the son uh and and his sexuality i think it's just so tacked on and um I'd, well i i don't it know just, it just feels like they've thought how can we okay you've got your basic storyline we've got you've got to have a subplot and so they've just thrown it in there and, and it's just they just use it in the most kind of like i mean Really, what happens with to finish it off just really is distasteful to me. It's like what should be something that's actually quite hopeful ends up being turned into a massive negative, and I'm thinking, well, why is that such a massive negative? That's actually it's something good has just happened, and you're crapping all over it just to give just to just um, to add drama, yeah, melodrama, yeah, and yeah, I don't like the direction they go with it, but I do like how it's not treated. I I like how the sexuality is not thrust upon you. You never yeah. really find out about the mm. sexuality. I mean, it's mm. there, but it's not obvious, and it's mm. it's not. Oh, it's oh, it's nicely played. Yeah, that's it's yeah, nicely played that's in front of the camera. But I think from a screenwriting perspective, it's complete, uh, completely ham fisted. Yeah, it's like the screenwriter doesn't know where to go with it. Mm. Or, or Maybe just... too straight. Yeah, <laughs> funny. Yeah, but yeah, mm. but um. For me, really, this is the Maxine Peake show. Um, Definitely. Yeah. She's really, really good. Um, just pitches it it's spot on. Not sure about the accent, but it's that's not a huge deal. There uh, were, at one point, they actually say a girl, girl from Lancashire or something like that. So I think it's a yeah. Jude Ex- Law in my Blue Free Nights situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's just explained away. God, how can you manage to compare this to my Blue Free Nights? Aren't you impressed? Are you are you are you it not is, entertained? Are you not quite, entertained? It is quite impressive how you managed to do this <laughs> with, with I, such frequency. Yeah. When what if, do you think if Jude had his um, God? What's his 
what's that one? His sleuth accent. <laughs> in my Blueberry Nights, it wouldn't have been quite as romantic. You think Nora wouldn't have been quite as impressed? It's quite, <laughs> quite as taken with him. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that's fine. That wasn't a slur on the performance at all. No. Because she is really natural in this. Mm. And I like that she's not... She is naive about uh, her husband. Yeah. Because she has all the history, but she's not... She is actually quite savvy in other aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, her character does have a nice balance to it. Like, it's sort of... She constantly wants the husband to show affection to her. Much like Mel Streep in Bridges of Madison County. Yeah, I, well, I thought that was more Clint, wasn't it? Uh, he wants her to show affection to him. <laughs> uh, but, and then it's that's where she's naive, because when she, when he suddenly does, mm. you can see that she thinks that, oh, things might be fine after all. Mm. Um, but some it's sort of like sometimes when it's them, her and Forte in a room, it's like, how many times do we see them look at each other lovingly and not do anything? And mm. I really like that's... the scene where she tries to get him to dance, though. Yeah. I think, I think they both... Uh, She's both, that, yeah. They, I think they both play it really well, and you can sort of you sort of see his character coming out coming out in that, yeah, he's not a complete uptight boob, yeah. but, uh, but he's, still, he's still very restrained. Yeah. I end up... I ended up feeling more about how they deal with the the resolution. I think they deal with it really well because it's sort of a respectful conclusion um, and you realise that the whole film is more of a grieving process. Yeah, I, I'm glad they don't go the sort of like Anthony Hopkins oh, on, the, on, on, no, Anthony Hopkins on the tram um, <laughs> Emma Thompson just losing it. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad they don't go that that direction uh, with it and try and make it overly emotional because um, uh, I think, in fact, by playing down um, the sort of like general, it's quite matter of fact a lot of the, a lot of the uh, emotional stuff in this. Yeah, um, which I think helps. Um, but uh, it it does help, but it 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 doesn't it doesn't can... give it any weight. Yeah. It doesn't stop the film from feeling a little bit tepid at times and not that effective in general. Mm. I mean, mm. still think it's a decent film. Yes. Uh, but Very well made. Um, uh, you can tell it's on a budget. I, I like. What, what do you think of the look of the film? Uh, specifically the cinematography, because it's not exactly it's realistic. Inc- it's, not realistic c- it's not realistic cinematography, is it? No. I mean, in terms of the lighting you'll it's see. It's very and... experimental, which is not a surprise given that it's a first film mm. I think it's mm. fine I think it makes it interesting it is low budget so what what do you expect it's, no. I think it's better to go that way if, if you've got less of a budget mm. and try and make it interesting than just look as if it's a home video because you'll have stuff like the scene where uh, her and him go for a smoke and there's lots of colour there's like way, way too much colour than would naturally be there or uh, the bit, or there'll be too much. Or the scene where they go on the bike rides is way too much light <laughs> than than would than would naturally be there. But yeah, I, think... I found that, that when they're in the car as well, I found that choice is interesting. Mm. And then sometimes there's like really high overexposed light coming through the windows, uh, especially towards the end. 
the longer yeah. it goes, the more that comes in. It's a trend that blowing out the windows is a trend I really tend to dislike in general as a stylistic choice. It's more it's more of a TV thing. You see it in stuff like the um, uh, Rosamund Pike Women in Love. It's just all over. It's horrendous. Yeah. I think she did well with it. And it's definitely... What do you think? It's I, I kept wishing that Will Forte had more to do. Yeah. It's a it's a contained performance because it's a contained, a contained character. Um, but I think he does very well with it and uh, he's just got such a nice screen presence. Yeah. And the guy who plays the husband, I think, is fine. He could have gone way up more over the top with that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm six out of ten for me. Decent, decent, decent. Yeah, B minus for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Arthur and Mike. Mm. This is the film uh, with Colin Firth and Emily Blunt. Which one's Arthur and which one's Mike? Uh, Emily Blunt is Mike. Really? As I shall explain. <laughs> um, so Colin Firth um, is, we see him uh, assuming a fake identity. He's getting IDs from some dodgy guy that looks like um, a PI in the 40s. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so he's now called Arthur Newman. He was called Wallace Avery. And his new identity is a golf pro. So he's got a son and a girlfriend who's left behind. The girlfriend is Anne Heesh. Yes. Worst lesbian ever. <laughs> when she's got long hair, I think you'd totally uh, bite here. Pete. Doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> really? No, Anne Heesh, and, doubt it. Well, just Google image, because ah. she looks great in this book. Okay. Anyway, um, so he's taking off this new light, uh, on this new life as a golf pro in Indiana. And he ends up meeting a troubled girl named Michaela, uh, slash Mike, who's Emily Blunt, whose mother has killed herself and her sister is in a psych ward. So now she thinks she's going to end up going in the same direction. Mm. They develop a relationship and try to work out their problems together. Is this because you think she looks like Judy Greer? I just thought she looked really, really good, considering she must be 50-ish. <laughs> late 40s. Think, I don't think she's that old. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? Is that a no, then? Oh, I prefer Judy Greer. Yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't ask Obvs. that, did I? <laughs> uh, let's put I it this way. Let's put it this way. Neither um, Ms. Watson nor Ms. Uh, Olsen. Olsen would have too many problems. 45, and he shows. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So this is exactly the kind of tediously ah! middle-of-the-road wannabe indie depression vest that it sounds like. <laughs> and last week, Irini was saying it was depressing for the sake of it. Yeah. She's And she's sort of right. Um, I don't know why it would be depressing for the sake of it, though. I, I just don't get... I think it thinks it's prof- more profound than it is. Mm. Because you know what her reaction to that would be, Cal? That it's just so self-evident it doesn't even merit a response. <laughs> <laughs> or she would just say that I didn't get the film. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't watch the 30 seconds of someone driving the car listening to a random tune. Cover of a Steve McQueen film. <laughs> 
Where's the glider? She's gonna hit. Was there a glider at the beginning? (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. Uh, So important questions: How is Firth swing? How is well? He manages to hit a truck window from a good distance. It's that which that was about the closest it got to Tin Cup, actually. Really? Uh, No, no armadillos. No, (laughs) no. Um, it's like <laughs> no, but it's like I'm gonna be unfair here. I'm gonna compare it to Lost in Translation, which what? Is, it's an un, it's an unfairly terrific example to say to explain why this film fails. To mm. say that Lost in Translation has has a layered view of characters that we don't know. Yeah, we're meeting them for the first time. They're meeting each other for the first time. Yes, and we learn about them through the fact that they're lost and this is how this film is approaching the characterization you get a couple of bits of backstory but you mainly it's because of how they interact with each other and the dynamic of the relationship and where that goes and it's just lacking in any connection or i'm sorry disconnection say, what or disconnection or dis yeah or disconnection and or chemistry and Emily Blunt, she may be many things, but she cannot um, act. She can't <laughs> take that back. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just whining you. Up. She cannot um, work with this sort of blank wall that is Colin Firth, and that's not that Colin Firth's terrible in the film. I just mm. think he's a bit miscast in this. Right. Um, so, so it's Gambit Two. Yeah, Gambit Two. The dog um, leg years. <laughs> the what? The dog leg years. What's dog leg? It's a type of hole on the golf course, you know, it like kinks off to one side. Oh, okay. <laughs> <sighs> but it's blunt is the best thing about the film. Yeah. Uh, on her own. But cool it's still bro. not that's not still not great. What did you say? Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I was just, it got to 40 minutes in, 30 30 minutes in. I was mm. thinking do not take this in a romantic direction. Yeah. Because there's a good what would you say 25 years? Yeah. 20 20 20 20, 20, to, 20, 20. to 25 years between these two. And it's just it, I'm not, you know, not being judgmental about this, but it just seems wrong on the face of it. Would it work the other way around? Would it work the other way around? Um, what in a sweet bird of youth kind of way? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we want to recast this with um, who would we meet? Julianne Moore and uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt in, oh in a reunion from Don John. <laughs> you thought about this far too much. <laughs> but it's it's just they end up. Because both of neither of them want to be who they are, they end up breaking into strangers' homes, putting on the strangers' clothes, behaving like them, or what they perceive them to be, and then shagging each other's brains out. Lovely. So it's the bling ring. Minus it's the, the bling best. it's the bling ring meets natural bonkers meets Tim Cup. <laughs> God. And it's, is it as good as that sounds? No. 
Well, no, it doesn't sound very good, so that's my point. And still, <laughs> and still no. <laughs> and in the right, and this is written by Becky Johnston, who wrote The Prince of Tides. Yeah, it rings a bell. Uh, which I'm not a fan of, but mm. it's better than this. It's cheesy. Yeah, that's another one. It's a bit like uh, Run and Jump. It's another one that's a bit too reliant on the issues. Is Prince of Tides the one where Babs basically has everybody in the film telling her how gorgeous she is, just so that she can have everybody in the film telling her how gorgeous she is? <laughs> it's like you're paying Nick Nolte to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I can't, she hasn't done many, has she? So. <laughs> but it's the writer has... This is clearly her idea, the fact that they're breaking into the homes. That's clearly the idea that they want to shed their identity and escape their lives, which is a fine idea, mm. but you don't get enough of an idea about why they want to escape their lives yeah. beyond a couple of bits of backstory. And I was just like more worked on that, more work on the dialogue between them, which is just not nuanced enough for me. Um, and it doesn't amount to... It doesn't amount to the two people that I'm seeing. Mm. You know, the the fact that they're breaking into these homes, it doesn't feel like a natural way to resolve it. Yeah. So I can't get invested in how things are going to work for them. And it just ends up being underwhelming in that way. Mm-hmm. But it's... I, I mean, at least it's trying... Blunt at least does make you interested in the character, um, but I, as a pairing, I think it's ill-fitted, ill-suited, and the script needs more work. Yeah. So, to C minus. Oh dear. Right. So, film of the week. <laughs> Literally, it's the only film out this week. Yeah. This is Chef. Yeah. Yes, uh, Chef is about uh, a person who works in a kitchen as a chef. Uh, he uh, has been of uh, great renown for about a decade, and he's been at his current uh, restaurant, which is owned by Dustin Hoffman, for the last five years. Uh, one night, he's asked to prepare a meal for a uh, internet reviewer. The internet reviewer comes in. Uh, upon Hoffman's request, he plays it safe. The reviewer trashes him, and then uh, he resp- uh, the chef responds on Twitter, thinking it's a private message, much like one of my friends did when he was describing one of his dates. <laughs> that was infamous. What? <laughs> Someone that I know sent what he thought was a private message to one of his friends about uh, a date he'd been on, and the uh, girl who who'd been on the date with was actually following him on Twitter, so she could see what he said. Oh, we refer to it as Twittergate. <laughs> Did she follow him on Twitter without him knowing? No, he knew. He just thought this. And do you know what this guy does for a living? What? He's an IT bloke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this will play. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. This does have a great link to Chef. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So um, uh, he uh, sh- sh- the the chef played by John Favreau sends what he thinks is a private message. It ends up. Uh, Flaming the guy, it ends up being retweeted. Blah 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 blah. blah. Who's and Oliver he, Platt? Yeah, and he it, it ends up going mental on him. It being videoed, the video going viral, and he even finding himself persona non grata on the Los Angeles restaurant scene. Indeed, 
Um, and that does take a while to get to that position. <laughs> yes. Uh, because uh, half an hour in, I was expecting not to like this film, mm. not liking it at all. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of changed. I think when it go- goes in the, the father-son direction, road movie direction, mm. it ga- uh, gathers a lot of goodwill and becomes less of a um, bitter film than it yes. has been before. I mean, because clearly Favreau uh, wrote this film in response to my review of Iron Man 3. <laughs> but he, didn't, all di- for- he didn't direct it. <laughs> All, all, all facetiousness aside, um, this is like an, this is a very thinly veiled uh, pop at film critics. I disagree. You don't think it is? No. Because when, when he's giving he's giving that rant saying how hard everybody works on it, I was just thinking, yeah, you were talking about people who trashed your films, mate. This is what you've been dying to say to people for years, and now you got a chance to do it in, in a film, and you just change it from a, a food critic to a, from a film critic to a food critic. What? Who said he? Who's well, no, but, well, I suppose some, some people will have. I well, okay. I I thought it was. I want to start by saying it shortchanges the women a lot, which is why I wasn't happy with it. I thought it. <laughs> I thought it's such a vanity fest. I thought, why not make one of the peripheral characters a woman? Why not make the food critic a woman? Why not make John Leguizamo's character a woman? Not not only that, it's just why not make the two women who uh, who actually who uh, are he's sleeping with not ridiculously gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> or make them actually talk to each other, or have or make I mean, the film consider what they're doing in their lives a little I mean, bit. I mean, if you look at Scarlett Johansson's character in inverted commas, because I'm written in much of one, there's this one point where she just suddenly starts lecturing him about what he should do with his child, and thinking, mind your own effing business, woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I know, I know quite a few, I know quite a few dad, uh, single dads, or, or dad, dads who are divorced and all that sort of stuff. Dream, dream. I'm saying this is what you should do with your son, your son. Yeah. My God. But I, that's why I was so surprised when I thought it was even-handed with the critic stuff because at the beginning, obviously it's not, but then what happens at the end, sort of. Become, makes the film, makes the issues that they both had, the critic and the chef, be about the art, or in this case, the food, mm. and that it's not, and that actually the critic who had been judged initially, it makes us challenge our perceptions of what critics are, I think, and the character's perceptions, because the critic ends up doing something yeah. positive for the film at the end. Well, yeah. That's why I thought it was more about the art, it was more about the food. This is why in terms of um, uh, the actual plotting, it's complete horse hurry. Because, oh yeah, the plot, Because, yeah. because he's, the, he's a restaurant chef, he gets he gets slammed by a critic for not being adventurous enough, and then he goes around and starts making tacos. And uh, so he starts making the least healthy uh, yeah. Craft cheese slice, uh, horrendous uh, walking, um, <laughs> walking heart attacks waiting to happen, burgers type things, sandwiches in inverted commas. Yeah, and you think, this is just the most lo- lo- low bro. This is you. This is not you. Um, you, you would think that the the the, pl- the plot would go in the way in the realm of that the critic actually inspires him to actually challenge himself. 
Whereas actually, it's completely the other way around. It inspires him to not challenge himself at all and just go and have a laugh. Yeah. But, yeah, but he wasn't challenging but himself but anyway. So the whole point is, don't challenge yourself artistically. They use the family side of it as like the uh, the main point, which I guess is okay. But when it's underscored, underscoring this whole ridiculous arc of what, what Favreau's character is actually doing. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's it's more, I think it's more of a going back to his roots thing because obviously he isn't challenging himself. But then the film takes on this completely other agenda. Yeah. Um, which I liked. I mean, I think it helps that the son is actually really good. Fantastic He's, performance. Yeah, really great. Super. In my supporting actor lineup. Easily. Well, supporting. It. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. 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 It's, you can argue that if you want. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I. No, he's just great. He is, uh, and uh, this is uh, MJ Anthony is his mm. name. Yeah, I think with the, with Leguizamo until I never liked him much like Favreau, but uh, until ER, he had one season on ER where he was actually really really good. So since then, I've like got a bit more. I've got time for him now. Yeah, um, but I don't understand his character at all. It's like well, I thought because he leaves, I don't know why he leaves his job. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was going to be they were going to bring up a drinking problem or something like that. For him, latent homosexuality. <laughs> I just thought they were going to create an issue, which again I was pleased that they didn't. So yeah. I, I think I was more pleased with what the film didn't do than what it did do because it's pretty harmless and non-ambitious in general. Okay, can I, I'll, I'll get your opinion on this because uh, the person I went to see this with immediately made a comparison to this film that I would never have thought of. And their comparison was sideways. Yeah, I could see that. Because it's, it's using food and in a road trip way. Mm. Uh, that like wine used uh, was used on sideways. Yeah. It's, uh, maybe, maybe more in the presentation than the actual Yeah, and, but let's be honest, Paul Giamatti and Tom Sane Church may as well be kids in sideways. So yeah. Exactly. That covers that as well. <laughs> there's definitely mo- too much of the road trip. Like, I, it's there's too much repetition in it. Mm. There's a lot of repetition with social media as well, yeah, which tweets. doesn't really need to be there. No. Uh, and and because Favreau is not directing an action film, it's a bit like he's he's very eager to put montages and music in it. Yeah. When there doesn't really need to be. When yeah. But I don't know. I just, I just, I think the father-son relationship just really came to the fore and made it quite a decent film for me that I wasn't expecting it to be. Yeah, it it, it is a decent film, and it's not without problems. I think there there is some. I mean, the Vergara's the the, the women I mean, Vergara's character is just a joke. She's just there to yeah. look stunning and just basically yeah. uh, be nice. So I just told Cal what happened at the end of the film. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little, there was a, a tiny detail. <laughs> There's a minor detail of, of, of clothing. I mean, see, the thing is, I'm not going to overlook anything when it comes to Severe Vergara's clothing. That's true. Mm. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> which is, which has knocked it down a tiny bit for me, but I still yeah. think it's a decent film. I like the general amiability of the film. I don't think it has much of a point. I don't no. think anybody would miss it if it wasn't here. Exactly. Uh, John Favreau, do you want to get onto the 
because the preconception, I actually thought he was quite well suited to the character. I think he was fine, but I, I think his screen presence slash uh, personality on screen doesn't really smooth out the lack of uh, just general um, interest in his in his specific character. I think there's it was, it was really a, uh, a lack of uh, characterization from him for him when you are doing a sort of road movie piece. It is you really sort of need the characters to click, and when um, mm. Vergara doesn't really have one, Johansson doesn't really have one. Luisama is just the funny bloke. Uh, Bobby Cannavale is ridiculously underused. I mean, what a hilarious bloke being asked to do absolutely nothing. And yeah. so the burden of responsibility. I think this is why the kid's so good. I, I yeah, definitely. It all falls on him. And I mean, Favreau, you can see Favreau getting things from the kid and in hand, helping him as well. Mm. Yes, it work. It works that way, but in terms of like Favreau essentially being the lead, it's it's it doesn't work in a sort of grumpy old man, wild strawberries kind of way. Um, it's the narcissism, I think Favreau. It works for the the narcissism of him him as a chef, and knowing he's mm. really good. He's mm. really good at making sandwiches with with, with extra <laughs> butter on. You got to butter the pan before you make the sandwich. Did the film oh, make? God, you... it's just cole- it's an advert for cholesterol. Did the film make you feel hungry? No. No? No. Okay. Then again, I had just had a Sunday lunch. <laughs> Wolfed it down in order to get out. Okay. So, what are we going to talk... Oh, grades on Chef. Six. B minus. Yeah, same again. So, what do you want to talk... Do you want to talk about films that maybe underuse the women? No, if we can do films about. Any? I've got two films about food. Oh, you uh, want to do food? Okay. Yeah. I'm trying, to, trying to think of another one. <laughs> uh, first one, Big Night. Uh, Tucci. Mi- yeah, Tucci. Uh, I think it's 96 or 97. I'm going to go with 96 and stick my neck out. Um, this is the sort of film that if it was released 10 years after it was, it would have been all over the Oscars, uh, but they just hadn't got round to that sort of embracing that sort of indie ahead comedy of yet. Them. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, wonderful little film. Uh, Really funny and just uh, ticks every box. Okay, cool. Keep going because I haven't got any yet. Babette's Feast. Oh, of course. Ah. Of course. Yes, so th- this is uh Oscar-winning film, foreign, Oscar-winning foreign language film from 1980. I'm going to say 8 because I think it got released the year later. Is it, uh, it's Danish, isn't it? Yeah, they won back-to-back. They had um, Pelle the Conqueror and then this. Uh, this is starring Stefan Audran. Uh, as a uh, French ma- uh, chef uh, slash ma- uh, cook who gets sent to the Jutland to be uh, a couple of sisters uh, who are the daughters of the local priest to be their maid. And uh, she basically wins the lottery and cooks them a meal in- to say thank you. That's the film. <laughs> nice. Um, well, there's obviously Ratatouille. Mm. Which we could good shout, good shout. Which is a lot about food, actually. Oh, well, well, how fantastic is that film? I was watching. I think it was one of the. I said we weren't going to talk about the World Cup, so I'm not talking about the World Cup. World Cup Mm. qualifying. (laughs) The last England (laughs) match. I actually turned over at half time and watched Ratatouille on the other side. (laughs) That was a no brainer for me. (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) But no, the score. I just love the way the little noses on the rats look. It's just great. <laughs> and Peter O'Toole. That's a top five Peter O'Toole performance. Really? Yes. 
epic beyond epic. Um, we could make. I'm not saying it's better than The Lion in Winter. I should think not. It's better better than my favorite year. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's better than Supergirl. (laughs) (laughs) We could be on. We could be on all night about Faye Dunaway and Supergirl. We could be on all night about (laughs) Brent of Vicaro. I know. Supergirl. Oh God. <laughs> in the ghost train. They live in the ghost train. It's brilliant. I grew up on that film. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Okay. You got no you got anything else? I, well, there's Julie and Julia. Do you want to just uh, no. <laughs> I wanna mention Meryl cutting the onions. Hysterical. <laughs> just hysterical. Where she learns how to cut the onion and she can't stop and she can't stop crying. Okay, brilliant. should we talk about the hours then? Because there's a lot of cake baking and um, uh, running out oh, to get yeah. jasmine and um, uh, the crab thing and unraveling and all that sort of stuff. God, hasn't she got the worst life? She has to cook and then she has to deal with Ed bloody Harris banging on. <laughs> easily Ed, Ed the, Harris easily dying the, of AIDS. Easily <laughs> the worst part of the film. <laughs> he's, I think he's alright, but he's the worst part of the film. Um, worst part of the hours. Um, well, there aren't any other. That's the problem. But maybe the um, uh, the sparrow funeral in the Kibben's bit. The makeup in the Julian Moore scene. <laughs> Nothing's bad about the Julian Moore. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Shaq Mario Kill. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. Marry as I'm going to marry Arthur. And, uh, sorry, I'm going to shag Arthur and Mike as in watch it right now because I haven't seen it. And this is close, but I'm going to kill Run and Jump purely because I could watch Chef every week for the rest of my life. That's fair enough because I'm going to marry Chef. Mm. I'm going to shag Run and Jump, and mm. I'm going to kill Arthur and Mike. I would probably have killed. I don't know. I I might have killed Chef just because it's got less of a reason for it to exist. Yeah. But it's close. You know, I wouldn't really miss either of them, really. No. <laughs> Not eager to watch any of them again, but they're definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen them. Mm. Um, the Olsen Factor? Oh, God. Right. So, Run and Jump. Um, I, Maxine Peake uh, is attractive in the way that real women are attractive. Um, but we're not dealing with real women. No, we're dealing with Elizabeth Olsen, so no. <laughs> um, chef... Um, Sofia Vergara is possibly the biggest yes in the history of this podcast. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is like she just walked off a photo shoot. Yeah. Um, and uh, Scarlet, I'm Hathaway protocoling because of the fringe. It is terrible. It does nothing for her. Oh my god, what woman, why? God. Okay. Is there anyone else in it? Um, I'd, well. No. no, we were talked about that, haven't we? No. Lucky, lucky to have two women in it. Oh, um, Maxine Pick's sister, no. Okay. Mm. It's no to the Madame Peaks. Mm. Uh, okay. To the Twin Peaks. The Twin Peaks, of course. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll start with Run and Jump. Mm. This is difficult. Ah. Um, is this because the husband would be a yes, but he's un- but he's mentally unstable? I'm say doing him. Okay. Um, because he, yeah. Isn't this he, a James Franco thing? Just because of just the character. 
it's not. A, I don't think it's a Saldana situation because he's not that bad as a character. Mm. Um, he could be better than this. Yes. Um, he's a little bit unkempt in the wrong way. So right. he's a no. Will Forte was. I was. I'm gonna say no. It's close. But it's okay. It's close. I was undecided before I we recorded. It, it, you know what it is? It's probably the close-ups of him looking to the screen with the reflected light. Don't do anything for him. Where he's just yeah. looking. Yeah, he's just, the beard just... does. The beard does stuff for him. Yeah. Um, looks a lot better than in Nebraska, but it's still a no. Yeah. Colin is a no. There's the no relent- other the, the, the relentless denial. <laughs> It's like me me going down the station on Friday night. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. We didn't even mention Robert Downey Jr. Just... Ugh, may as what's well not what's to him. mention? Yeah, uh, he's a no. Oh, oh, his, oh, his secretary is close. Oh, we forgot about her. Yeah, but no. Okay. I'm just remembering the beginning, the opening, the, the first scene before Lizzie got wet in uh, Godzilla. Oh, th- see, that was another... Um, that was another bad point about that character as well, from a mm. woman perspective. Yeah. Uh, but she only got 30 seconds, so... Yeah. Favreau... Th- throw away misogyny. <laughs> Favreau's a no. Yeah. So it's... One what about uh, Bobby Cannavale? Oh, Sedu from Bobby. Okay. So it's a 1.0. He's looking quite old lately. I don't is. Know if it, is it old or is it just bad? Well, the thing thin, is, thing is, Third Watch was a very long time ago. And he looked very good on Third Watch. So that's probably about fifteen years ago. So, the station agent would be ten. Would be a yes. So yes, a ten. Yeah. He's yeah. hilarious. Bobby can. Can we just talk about the station agent for just a couple of minutes? All right. How fantastic that film is. It's Patricia Clarkson. That is the film that turned me on. I didn't like her up until that point. To think that she was nominated for Pieces of Air. Oh my not god. The station agent. Oh my god. Well, then again, I mean, you could probably argue she might be leading the station agent. If you well, yeah, but would you be offended? No, no. And supporting, no, I probably do have her in supporting actually, because you either say it's about the three of them, or you say it's just, or it's it's about him. And the but this is meets. the problem when you start winning critics awards for multiple performances. Yes, they pick the one that's the, that's closest to Christmas. Yeah. So you end up with her getting nominated for that. Catherine Keener getting done for Capote rather than forty-year-old uh, uh, virgin. Well, I, well. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, Pete. She was never getting nominated for the Ballads of Jack and Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you get Leo in. I think Leo's good in Blood Diamond, but the same thing happened with Leo in Blood Diamond. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, Station Agent. Beautiful little film. It is good. Michelle um, Williams back when she was an indie actress. I only really remember the, the car scene. That's with her. The, with Clarkson. There's a car scene, isn't there? Yeah, where she runs him down because of the yeah, coffee on her ass. Yeah, yeah that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, we have a website. It's moveforpodcast.com. <gasps> no. We'll put the July schedule up and um, you'll what see. What schedule? We do have Boyhood. We do have Kira Knightley. That's all I will say. <laughs> um, we're on Twitter at Move for Podcast, Facebook in the Move for Podcast. Next week, we have Melissa McCarthy in Tammy. Yes. So have you and seen the trailer Susan's... for this? You've seen it? Have you seen the trailer for this? Yes. What did you think of the trailer for this? I thought it was 
okay. Um, but the fact that the hate trailer, I didn't like that much, and then I really liked the hate, has given me some kind of optimism for it. I just ask you a question: What is Mrs. Brown's Boys the movie? Have you not seen the program? No, that's why I'm asking. I know it's really bad. Is it British or American? It's British. It's really bad. It's the shit in not 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 the urban way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. It's the shit heap. <laughs> um, we have a French film next week with Fabrice Lucini in it. Ooh, sold. Cycling with Molière. I've seen half of it. Excellent. It's so online. I, I saw half of it and I didn't stop uh, because it wasn't any good. I just stopped because I think I was tired on the day or I had other stuff to do. Yeah. But, but no, we, I, I've seen half of that. And we also have, wait for it, we also have a Ron and Keating musical next right, week. Once. Have you heard about this? He's doing what? Once on stage. Is he? He turned Once into a musical and, and, and in the Glenn Hansard role is Ronan Keating. He could do that. But I don't think he's got the chops to do it, considering how bad boy Glenn Hansard was. Mm. He can do the song, sure. I mean, I, I... Well, this is a musical. I think it's an original musical, actually. So it's not uh, like Walking on Sunshine, then. Oh well, I don't mean the I don't mean the music's original. I yeah. mean the story's original. <laughs> so it could be like that. Are we even tempted by uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction? I no, because I the idea of robots clanging together in midair for two hours and forty minutes is not going to do it for me. Uh, what about the Sevi? What about Sevi? Sevi. It, it looks like it wants to be Senna. Yeah, and what can it tell us? That he was good at golf. Yeah. That's and a people, bombshell, isn't and, it? And people liked him because he was good at golf. We might, we could get, a, we could get around. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean it to sound that dry. No, but no, he was, he was great at golf. But we could get around to Belle. Yes. Because I've heard good things about the woman. Mm. We could get around to what else were we going to see? There's a thriller called Cold in July, which yeah, is that's around. on at my cinema, cine world. Bell is around, he's still doing the rounds at the ones near me, as his devil's not, amazingly. And he just got a... There is a Fanny Ardant film out um, mm. called... I can't remember what it's called, actually. Mm. Um, so, it, I don't know, we'll have to do that maybe when it gets around to you. Because mm. I think it just came out last week. Um, so, yeah. What well, is Secret Sharer? Oh, Secret Sharer looks interesting. I think it's like a thriller, something to do with smuggling. Is that available? Yes, that's out on Friday to Sunday at one of my art houses. UK, Poland, China, Thailand. Right. A modern retelling... Oh, wait, advert of Joseph Conrad's short story uh, follows a young Polish captain's first command on board a cargo ship in the South China Sea... Left alone when he's bought up when his mutinous crew abandoned ship, the captain finds a young Chinese woman in the water and gives her shelter in his cabin. But soon the authorities arrive looking for a murderer on the run. A Chinese woman spells a uh, danger for a Lizzie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? 
<laughs> Besmir- yeah, but- besmirch the, t- the twin sister. The twin sister. Is she not a twin? She's the sister of the twins, though. The, the twins, twin. apostrophe, sister. <laughs> <laughs> what have you turned into Faye Dunaway? <laughs> yeah. Getting the... Oh, no, she actually... No, what would she do with that? An Pos- apostrophe plural, she wouldn't be able to cope. <laughs> She'd have to give up. There would be there there would be no more wine, I guess. <laughs> 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 <laughs>